1: Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team in Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks!
0: Hey all Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one- We are live episode 143. I am doing the technical operational side of things tonight because Brian is not in his house tonight. He is spending time in the sunshine, the, the beautiful state of uh, California, but I'm gonna stop talking now and hand it off hand it off to you, Brian.
1: Hey, thanks, thanks, Evan. Uh, welcome everybody to episode 143 of Real Hawk Talk. This is Brian Nemhauser, ad hoc blogger on Twitter. Coming from you, from uh, Palm Springs today, uh, tonight, actually, it's, oh my gosh, I just have to say, I really look forward to the point where the world opens back up and everybody gets to pick a spot and just, uh, for each of you, where will be the first spot that you go once the world opens back up to the point you feel like you can travel? And that could be because you're vaccinated, it could be you know, whatever your, your threshold is, where's the first place you will go at that moment? Evan, you look like you're dying to say, I have an, I
0: have an immediate answer to this. What is is your answer? I I have been asked this question before and, and it's, and it's not an unfamiliar place. Okay. It's Seattle, but guess where I'm going? I'm heading straight to fucking Matador. I, I am hopping on a plane and I am going straight for those, those nachos. Not, you know, not a fancy or unfamiliar place to me, but uh, I'm starting to shake a little bit more than a year.
1: It's it's not a bad answer, I have to say. And and we, we, we talked about this on Twitter, but we didn't talk about it live. They actually, Matador is on DoorDash. So you can actually order from Matador and they've started doing take and bake nachos. Basically deconstructed. They give you the chips. They give you this big, massive like foil tray. They give you like bags of cheese, and the steak, and like all the toppings, and you just put it all on there, the beans, and you put it in the oven, and you've got Matador steak nachos. It's pretty solid. Like,
0: Since when are they on DoorDash?
1: It, it's this year. It's it's recent. Okay,
0: that feels new because it's, it's new because that would have destroyed me oh, if I had access to them.
1: And these aren't their their nachos from. In this, like the size of them is like it's literally like a a freaking vat of matador nachos. So you're so talking is it more about, than
0: you get in restaurant?
1: Oh, a hundred. It's probably double that. But I mean, it, it's like twenty bucks. Like <laughs> it's not cheap. But you know, we did that for the for the Super Bowl. And uh,
0: but you said the steak was like
1: the steak was not in house. And that my gut was that was probably just a bad experience. Like there's no reason the steak should be any worse than it would be. Like there, it just—I think we got a bad batch, but I would do it again. I, I think it was pretty solid, but that's a good answer. So, so let's let's keep bringing the fellows in. Nathan Ernst, how the hell are you, dude? I have not seen I mean, you or heard you've been like mountain man, like locked up in like. Look actually, at that like, beard! I like you've been locked in, in like getting the 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 tablets from you know on high. I feel like there's gonna be some wisdom you shed tonight. How have you been, man?
2: Uh, I've been good. I've been good. Yeah, I've been offline for, I don't know, like, I don't know, a couple weeks, two weeks, which is crazy for me. Uh, How's but, your you know, mental been... health? How's your mental health? <laughs> so much better. So much so better. better.
0: Have you been following any of the Seahawks drama over the past two weeks?
2: No. Well, I mean, a little, like, I'm catching bits of it. And I got to say, it all seems extremely stupid. And I know <laughs> that I would have a much different take if I had been online the whole time. But, like, this whole uh, yeah i don't know the whole rest drama to me it just seems very dumb um no yeah i logged off for like i was like i'm gonna log off for like two days and then i got crazy busy at work and it turned into like five days and i got back on twitter for a minute and i just got angry and i was like i'm gonna go away for a little while <laughs> so, that's, yeah.
1: that's smart dude so so i want to hear your answer to the question where would be the first place you'll go when you you, you could actually travel again
2: Man, nothing special. I think just being able to go with my family to our local Mexican restaurant that we used to go to like Mm -hmm. once or, you know, once or every other week or whatever, and just do that very normal thing again will be amazing.
0: Can I just say like the first server I have is getting the fattest tip of all time. Like, I'm going to be a problem that first night that I go out.
1: (laughs) I I don't know if I like that phrasing, but I I appreciate the set, the sentiment, and, and and I'm just gonna uh, log
0: off for the night. Actually, <laughs> I, I, I think I've decided that after the fattest tip, I, I think I'm done. I think I'm done.
1: No, you know, Rachel and I, my wife, we're talking about that today. Like, I've become like I've always been trying to be a generous uh, tipper in general because I just think like service jobs suck, and also. Being Jewish, I constantly am focused on trying to overcome the, the the stereotype that we are cheap. Like I want everyone to feel like, oh, they don't even know I'm Jewish. I'm like, I'm gonna give you. You like, actually are three...
0: real talk. One of the most generous people I know. Well,
1: that's um, I'm, super not getting. Nice of you say. I'm not kidding.
0: I'm not kidding for the audience. Brian will take us out. We'll like meet up and do a hawk blogger thing, and Brian will cover like four hundred dollars worth of drakes and just be like, shut the fuck up, leave. <laughs> I'm paying. Leave. So uh, you so know. you can try and be humble but people deserve to know
1: i've try, i try to i try to help where i can but i appreciate that but but no honestly during during this like during the pandemic it's like if you're staying open and doing service jobs like you're literally risking your life to some extent so i've been trying to I mean, usually when i'm doing like takeout i'm not going to tip you for picking the food up at your restaurant <laughs> but like we're like we tip it when we were doing takeout it's been actually really nice down here in palm springs it's different a little bit than in seattle in my experience and that people like literally will say they, they're like thank you for for giving us your business like thank you for for you know ordering here and i'm like your food's good easy choice but but uh uh it's been really nice and uh yeah just definitely trying to tip everywhere and and uh it's good to know, Evan, that you will be giving fat tips. I think everyone's excited to hear about that. Uh, uh, Jeff, at RealJeffSimmons on Twitter, you are in like the opposite weather of, of me and, and of Evan. Um, that's why you've got that hat on, dude. How, how are you doing and where, where will you go? Where will be the first place you go? So, yeah, as you can
3: tell, I'm in the <laughs> corner right now.
0: Um, say that again you see what God, I you froze i'm the one with froze? a bad
3: internet connection oh god no, i haven't had that in like two years all right come on um, okay i'm in peak winter conditions right now it's february's our worst month in toronto it's either the snowiest or the coldest so it's been it's been kind of rough because it always coincides with football ending to be honest so it's always like a pretty dark time and so and the thing is our border is still shut down we're in lockdown essentially So going, I usually, our family has a place in Florida. And so this time of year, I would always go down there, but I would definitely want to go somewhere warm, maybe to California, San Diego is one of my favorite places to vacation. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. You've never been. I've never been. And that's like my dream vacation. I've always wanted to go there and maybe with this pandemic, that might just cause me to jump on, but
0: you know, Hawaii I'm, is kind of overrated. No, is it? yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's not worth the cost,
1: frankly. No, dude, you, that is that is a horrible take. <laughs> that is a horrible take based on
0: it's uh, not bad. It's just I'm not sure the experience is justified yes, by the cost. Yes, should I go to San
1: Diego instead? San Diego is one of my oh, favorites. Absolutely not. San Diego is great, but it is not Hawaii. Hawaii is like it is probably the best place on the planet.
3: That's, uh, oh, that's, that's a take.
1: It probably is. Like, I, I, well, where I'll agree with Evan is that it is super expensive. Like, you know, everything is ridiculous because it's, you know, everything's got to be flown in. Not, not all the stuff's there, but as far as like paradise, I don't know that there's another place that with the, you know, the weather, the like, the scenery, like everything it's got going for the people. It's, it's pretty close to paradise. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I dose seven. Uh, that's something we'll probably a lot. Yeah, well, we got to get you there, dude. We got to figure that out.
3: Yeah, and based on my internet connection, I'm probably not helping your uh, Jewish reputation of being cheap. So,
1: <laughs> hey, it's not my reputation. Let's, well, my uh, reputation. I'm probably not helping the reputation. <laughs> the the sure. tribe has has work to do on that front. Yeah. All right, so so people people. Uh, that's probably our longest intro ever. Um, we've got. Jeff is actually our MC in terms of deciding which position groups we're going to talk about in each episode um, this offseason. And we've talked about quarterback. We've talked about offensive line. And in that last episode, uh, Dana was on. uh, Nathan was still blissfully like in real world, you know, Um, and we generally all agreed that offensive line was the top priority. I I think that was the general take. I I don't know if if Nathan, you feel differently about that, but I see you nodding, so I'm going to assume yes. So today's episode is really about breaking down the rest of the offense. Um, we've got wide receiver, we got tight end, and we got running back. We were just going to do wide receiver and tight end, but then it's like, yeah, like you know, have the running backs like just hanging out there. Let's all talk about them all together. And in fact, the running back position is one of the more interesting ones for the Seahawks this offseason. There's some like legit decisions for them to make on that front, and we've talked about it already. So, Evan, which position group do you want us to start with? I'm going to give you the honors to decide which position group we are going to start with tonight and break down.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, I think we should start with tight end. And reason being, because of the Zach Ertz trade rumors over the past several days.
1: Okay. Well, let's, let's first start by talking, like, resetting what we have on the roster. Jeff, can you tell us, you know, who are the players that, that are under a contract at the tight end position for the Seahawks?
3: So, interestingly enough, there are only two tight ends under contract mm-hmm. for the Seahawks right now. Will Disley, who first two years of his career looked like a pretty dynamic player, two season-ending injuries once he got going, and then kind of a down year in 2020. The other one is Colby Parkinson, who didn't really get a chance to get going. I think he had two catches this year. Other than that, Greg Olson retired. Jacob Hollister is a free agent, and Luke Wilson, who was brought in a couple times, he's also a free agent. So they got some bodies to do that, and they got some work to do there.
1: So Colby Parkinson and Will Disley, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's surprisingly weak. I I I feel like one – I know we can go into this deeper, but I feel like – and I know it wasn't a huge storyline for 2020, but Greg – or what's his face? Will Disley's non-reemergence, frankly, is kind of a bummer. I know that's not any insightful analysis, but maybe – I was holding out hope at least in 2020 that we would see maybe a return to form for him.
1: Uh, Nathan I have a different take I'm kind of curious your thoughts on this but like he's coming off of two major like season ending injuries he made it through the whole season and this is gonna be his first off-season that he actually gets to not rehab but actually build himself up like are, are, my take is that there's no reason to expect that he won't necessarily reemerge next season from a major injury um, what's what's your position on will disley.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. I mean, I, I don't know that anyone should be banking on a, a bounce back, but I don't think, you know, 2020 is what he is now. Um, especially with COVID and everything else too. Um, probably not helping his rehab. Uh, I think there's a chance that he can get back and, and they have Greg Olson, which, you know, who knows how that affected how they were trying to use him and and what, you know, kind of share of, of that he was seeing. So I, I think that the chance that he bounces back and and has a, A much better year in twenty twenty
0: one. Interesting. That's for some reason a lot more optimistic than I am on him, and and I I, and didn't he get injured early in twenty nineteen? That's kind of like my counter to that is like like
1: the fourth game, fifth game. No, I think it was later than that. I think was was oh, I guess it was twenty his first season. That was like the fourth first
3: season. It was I think four games. I think it was
1: Cleveland that he got injured in the second season. That was was like sixth game or something like that. But
2: I mean, that's those are not like. What he? Uh, what was it in his knee that he
0: ripped? Like patellar, wasn't patellar? it? Patellar,
2: yeah. Oh. I mean, that's not an easy one, I don't think, to come back
0: from. No, not at all. Quite the opposite, actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I guess. I, I guess the question for us is, if Will Disley is your number one tight end, how do you feel?
0: I'm not feeling great. Not right now. No. Yeah. I'm not yeah. like, and I, I love I, Greg. I, I love him.
3: So one of the interesting things is that if, if Waldron's bringing the full Rams offense over, one of the things they did is they transitioned. And this might have been a personnel thing once they got rid of Brandon Cooks, but they moved heavy to tight end there. And I don't know how comfortable you – I don't know if it will be the same in Seattle. I don't know if Seattle brings in another receiver, if they'll do that. But if they go too tight end, you cannot be comfortable with this group right
1: now.
2: Well, at the very least they need a lot more depth, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Colby Parkinson, I don't think any of us know what he is. I mean, we, we have hopes, but I mean, I'd be fine with Colby Parkinson being the third tight end going into next year. And if he pushes for, you know, if he pushes for snaps and he moves up the depth chart, great. But even if that's true, you've got to have one other veteran, like known quantity, I think in that tight end group, is that where you guys are on this? Yeah,
0: at a a minimum.
1: Yeah, at a minimum. So you're you're thinking you might want to get two tight ends, in in like the like free agency or or draft.
0: Yeah, if if it's bargain shopping, if it's not significant capital,
3: Hmm. there's going to be a lot of tight end cuts coming up.
1: What 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 are you thinking about there?
3: Just we we still don't know what the cap number is, but there's a lot of tight ends with sort of inflated cap numbers. So it's a position where you might see a lot of veteran cuts and guys who sign one year deals. And there could be a plethora of just options to fill in if they need like a third tight end or a second tight end.
1: I mean, isn't the obvious here that, that, I mean, Waldron says go out and get Gerald Everett. I mean, he's the guy that comes from the Rams. Um, He adds something that the Seahawks don't have at that position, which is kind of elite speed um, and athleticism at the tight end position. Parkinson may have that, but we don't really know for sure. He seems more just like a tall target with good hands. Um, I don't think we know much more than that. Um, Everett seems like a nice complement to what the Seahawks have. It'll actually – it'll speak volumes about Everett if Waldron doesn't bring him in for a visit. Like (laughs) – (laughs) he knows him better than most and if he's like yeah let's like like let's look elsewhere then then that'll say a lot
0: can i get your guys' takes on this whole uh zacher situation
1: yeah fill people in because
0: i'm like very i don't know how to phrase this because alcohol's intoxicating my brain right now but basically rumors came out over the past couple of days that uh, you know, the Eagles are trying to offload a ton of salary because they have salary cap issues, cap space issues. And basically they need to offload a ton of talent. Um, Zach Ertz is older. I think he's like 30 or 31 years old. He's yeah. in the last non-voidable deer, deal of, deal year of his contract. So he makes like, it's like a 12 million cap hit for the Eagles. But if the Seahawks trade for him as it stands, it would be like an 8.25 mil cap hit, which is all base salary. So there were rumors that I think it was the Colts was the other team. The Colts and the Seahawks were at least having discussions around um, a, a trade for him. In, Wait, are it. you
1: saying that the minimum the minimum salary that we'd have to take on for Zach Ertz is eight million plus?
0: Assuming he didn't agree to reduce his salary. Yes.
1: Or yeah. an extension. Screw and, that. No, exactly,
0: bro. No exactly. And that's the thing. It's like so many people are like, Oh yeah, let's add, you know, Zachers to the offense, assuming he doesn't reduce want to reduce his salary, because I'm not sure he would want to do that. Or, you know, assuming he, uh, or assuming the Seahawks don't want to throw a ton of money at him in an extension. I'm not sure that's the part of the offense where we should be allocating like eight to $10 million a year. I hate well, it.
1: Let me ask this. Let me ask this. Cause this is part of the show. We'll get to it later. Would, would you be more upset if they allocated eight plus million to Zach Ertz, not any tight end, but Zach Ertz or to Chris Carson? Who's going to add more value to this offense, Zach Ertz or Chris <laughs> Carson? I, I want to know. That's like,
0: actually closer than, closer to me than right? me, I think.
1: I think it's no question Chris Carson adds more to this offense than Zach Ertz. Uh, if, it's, if, it's not a,
0: if it's not a long deal, I might go Carson. Like two, I, I'm
1: 16. not talking about length. I'm talking about no. sorry. we're not getting dirty here, Evan. We're talking about like single-year <laughs> eight million dollar cap I
0: probably lean Ertz, but I don't like it.
2: Yeah, Ertz, it's, it's Ertz, no question for me. I mean,
0: what <clears throat> it's close well, for me. What
1: do you mean well, no am Surprised by Nathan's what? answer. What? Yeah, what? How are you? How are what? you possibly are you surprised, surprised by that? No, I am because because how? When has Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense got eight million dollars of value out of the tight end position?
2: When have they had Shane Waldron as their offensive coordinator?
1: And when have they ever gotten eight million dollars worth of value out of a running back? Never. Well, yeah, I mean that's just that's just a truism, I guess. But like, Zach Ertz is thirty, and like, he's not a game breaker. Like,
0: bottom line, both <laughs> options are bad. Yeah, I hate. Do both not them. do this. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I don't think either option is great. I, I don't. I kind of like the idea of buying low on Ertz, but you have to get him to come in at less than $8 million,
0: right? I mean, that's, that's, the thing I'm is, with, yeah. He's like, not going to do it though, guys. He's not going to do it. He still has tons of life in his career. I don't think his, I don't think he's on like the final couple of years of his, con, of his uh, career in the I NFL. I don't think, I don't think there's a major market for Ertz.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I don't, he might have
3: to.
0: I he think if he get hit free agency, he would match that base salary. Well, so,
1: here, Hold on, hold on, hold on. Everyone, everyone shut up. <laughs> Greg Olson cost $7 million last year.
3: It was a different, that's a different equation. No, it's not. Greg it, Olson it cost,
1: was completely different. He is, a, he is the same position. He's old as fuck. And he cost $7 million last year. And, 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 and it was a bad move. That was a bad use of capital. They did not get close to $7 million of value from Greg Olson. What makes any of you think that they'd get $8 million of value from from Zach Ertz? Well,
2: in Greg Olson's age 31 season, he caught 80 balls for 1,073 yards. So, like, what, what confuses me, Evan, is if you're saying that, you know, Ertz's career isn't done, that he's got years left on his career, right? Yeah. And that's why he wouldn't take less money. Then isn't that, doesn't that make the eight million dollars easier to swallow? Like, doesn't that make a trade trading for him more appealing? If if you think he can get back to something like he was, just like just a year ago, right? Like in twenty nineteen, he was very good still. Uh, well,
0: it, it's more relative to the priorities on the Seahawks. Like I, I'm just not sure that's a position group to throw. You know. What would eight million be? I I don't know how much cap space they'll open, but eight mil would be a sizable chunk of their 2021 offseason cap space. What do you think Everett would cost? Five, six.
1: I think Everett gotta cost more, doesn't he? He's younger. He's more athletic. More upside.
3: I think this season, because of the declining cap, unless you're an elite player, I think people's costs are going to be way down.
0: Gerald Everett's like a middle-tier middle tight end, right? Wait, what
1: did you just call him? You, you gotta, it, it
0: is is you Gerald. You got it. Gerald. Gerald. What is it? What's his first name? Is it Gerald? How do you call
1: Gerald? There's nobody in the world called <laughs> no Gerald. No one has that name. No, that's other a name.
0: I wish I could blame it on the alcohol, but that's not the case. So, so now they have to sign him. Well, now they're signing him for uh, three years, $30 million. <laughs> so, so, so
1: Gerald had 41 catches for 417 yards, one touchdown last year. That's just, I mean,
3: yeah, wow. I think his, he's not going to be expensive to
0: sign.
1: I'm looking at his, his career stats. Um,
0: I would rather pay Luke Wilson $3 million on a one-year deal then, Zacherts Then at eight million. Yeah, I would.
1: Evan, Jesus, no. dude, these you are th- horrible takes, man. That's not a horrible take at all. That is horrible. I have the much dollar on support.
0: dollar return on investment. Are you kidding me?
1: Okay, I'm going to take this a different route. So, so I'm looking at at total targets in Shane Waldron, which is really Sean McVay's offense last year. Cooper cup 124 targets last year, Robert Woods, 129 targets, Josh Reynolds, 81 top three targets, all wide receivers, right? Mm -hmm. 81 targets is the, is the third. Then it drops down 20 targets to 60 targets for Tyler Higby and 62. Well, sorry, they didn't do it in order. 62 targets for Gerald Everett. So basically 60 targets at the tight end position, tight end position was meaningful for the Rams offense, but it, it is a three wide receiver offense it's a wide receiver driven offense. Like, I, I don't know, Nathan, if there's something here that really makes me think that tight end is going to be somehow more utilized is the game wall offense. I
2: mean, it, Gerald, Gerald Everett was the, uh, their second tight end in terms of snap rate. And he had, he was on the field for 57% of their snaps. Um, so you know, and, and with McVeigh running uh, a ton of outside zone, right? Almost exclusively, I think, and that being really the bread and butter of their running game. Um, I think that they could prioritize tight end. Um, it, it might not be just about targets for them.
1: Well, let me ask you guys this. I mean, we're 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 going all over the place because I don't I don't really give a shit about our our uh, structure of this conversation. If you were to spend money on one former Ram and it was either Josh Reynolds who had 81 targets, 51 catches, 618 yards, two touchdowns last year, or Gerald Everett, 41 receptions, 62 targets, one touchdown. Which one do you want the Seahawks to add? You know, you could say none, that's totally fine if you say none. But if it was only one of those two, which do you think you'd want to see the Seahawks add?
2: I like Reynolds a lot, but I think for this team, Everett and, and I, I think Reynolds will be I, I don't think there's any question that he'll go he'll get more money. Um so I think for the price and everything and the fit, like I, I think that Seattle I, I don't know that Josh Reynolds as a, a third receiver really adds a ton to this offense other than just him being a good player. Like I, I think that they may want to look more at a Cooper t- Cup type or something like that. Um, or, you know, go the John Ross, Ross route, the Philip Bursette route, which they've kind of liked to do in the past, right? Um, so Everett gives them some speed. Um, he provides depth of the position that I think they'll need. He's familiar with the offense, you know, uh, one that pl- he's played in a lot that relies on the tight ends. So I think he makes a lot more sense, uh, even if he's probably not the player I like more between the two.
1: Interesting. Any different takes? J- Jeff, Evan,
0: I disagree with that. Just because the positional group is so weak at tight end for this team, I think adding adding a adding an Everett versus a Reynolds brings a lot more value and, and talent to this team.
3: I'll go the other way. Um, using, really, using the same argument, the Seahawks are still super thin at wide receiving depth, and. Still, they're in a scenario that if one of Tyler Lockett or DK gets hurt, who the hell do they have? You're starting Freddie Swain as an outside receiver. And, yeah, the draft is pretty good at receiver as well. And David Moore is a free agent and Dorsett's a free agent. We'll talk about that in a bit. But if one of those guys gets hurt, you're shit out of luck. And we've seen what happens when Tyler Lockett gets banged up, what happens to their passing game. We've seen it time and time again. And if they're going to run a ton of 11 personnel like they have certain times with the Rams, having a, a good third receiver is really important. And yeah, I, what Nathan said is right. Like, ideally, a Cooper Cup kind of player would be the best possible fit in this offense. They really lack that kind of player, and they really have since Doug left. But to me, having Reynolds, who's been in the offense, there's going to be no learning curve in another probably COVID year where there's not going to be a normal offseason. To me, he's he's got upside. He's young, he's been good and now you put him with a better quarterback, I'd be very excited about
1: <laughs> I, I I've gotta, I'm laughing because I'm looking at the available tight ends, the, the, the free agent class, unrestricted free agent class. <laughs> the fifth highest contract value for, for 2020 of the unrestricted free agents is Jacob Hollister. Oh God. That's, <laughs> that's crazy but no the, the top tight ends from a, from a, just a 2020 contract value number one is hunter henry is there any one of you that is saying yep seahawks should make him their number one target go get you know spend 12 million 13 million dollars on hunter henry waste of money no, no. we're all in, all in agreement dumb as shit to do that Rob Gronkowski was nine million last year. That guy's only playing with Tom
0: Brady. He made nine million last year. He did. He oh did. Won
1: a, won a Super Bowl, dude, and and was Brady's little, you know, boy there. Uh, Jared Cook, thirty four years old, made seven and a half million dollars last year. Um, you know,
0: <sighs> I'm blown away by these salaries. Yeah. Who the hell are paying these dudes? It,
2: it drops off here pretty soon.
3: Yeah. Generally- I- is a free agent.
0: Though. I mean, I guess we just paid Greg Olson like way too much money,
3: but. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say, Jeff? John Smith is probably the most interesting free agent of that. He probably made no money last year from Tennessee.
1: John U. Smith.
3: Yeah, he's a good player.
1: He's 26. Is he a good blocker as well? Do I, am I remembering that right? Is, is he just a receiving, tight end, or a
3: receiving or? tight end? I think Delaney Walker used to be the blocker. He was more of the flex around
1: guy. Uh, and he's 26 and and had, uh, what did he have, 745 yards and 41 catches last year. He's going to get a lot of money, isn't yeah,
3: he? doesn't fit financially.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking at this class. I mean, Jordan Reed, uh, Virgil Green, Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft was six – Six and a quarter million last year. What? Yeah. He was the fourth highest paid unrestricted free agent coming out.
3: Uh so maybe it's Gerald Everett.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Gerald Everett, he really like he makes too much sense. Like I almost think we should we should move on. Cause I mean that that one just it makes sense. I- I'm not against them bringing back Jacob Hollister, to be honest.
0: I am. I'm really not either. Not I at the am. price hill, not at the price hill cub.
3: I am. This offense relies on tight end blocking. He is a total stiff as a blocker. If you're going to go too tight end and you have Hollister out there, you either leave a weak spot on the field or you dictate exactly what you're doing. I don't think he fits this offense at all.
1: You might be right. I mean, I just feel like they get, they've gotten good production for his yeah, cost.
3: Yeah, He is what he is really like, you know, his strengths, you know, his weaknesses. but if they want to play more too tight end and try to win with the outside zone, I don't think he fits at all.
1: Okay, is there any other tight end that somebody wants to make a, a case for before we move on to wide receiver? Okay, let's move on to wide receiver. So I think basically tight end, we're like Gerald Everett. I think people, most of us are thumbs up on Gerald Everett. Yes, anyone thumbs down on Gerald Everett? Like I'd be I'd be okay if they if they spend some money there. I, I,
0: I let's just. What if it gets too expensive? Let's
1: say let's talk about like. Average per year, like to me, if they go over seven million for Gerald Everett, that they've they've crossed they've crossed the line. But I think that that's a reasonable price for him. Seven million? Yeah. Oh, Oh, see, I
2: like him much more if we're talking four or five.
1: Yeah, I think. Oh, you're not going to get him for four or five, guys. He's too young.
0: I think you're going to get him at five point five on yeah, the dot. He's
1: twenty. That's my prediction, guys. actually. That's yeah, my well, prediction
0: on the record. Brian, the cap
3: is going to go down, and you <laughs> really have to pick and choose where they spend. If you're not an elite guy, I don't think you're going to get a lot of money this year. I think it's going to be a lot of undervalued contracts. It could Joe, be like a
1: Greg Olson was like, yeah, but the cap was as ninety eight. as time last year and got seven million. Like yeah, the cap could be down twenty eight million from that. That's my point, though. Like. I think in a normal year, Gerald Everett would be pushing like eight or 9 million easy. I agree
3: with that. I think it will be down to five and a half this year.
1: Five and a half. I mean, if you do that, like signing up right now, like that's a no, that's a no brainer.
0: I think it I happens. Know. I think they bring him in.
1: I, I, I'd say it's a 50, 50 shot, maybe a 55, th- 45. I think it's likely. I think it's, I think it's likely that they at least bring him in to, to, to kick the tires. Um, all right, let's move on. To, let's move on to wide receiver uh what's our what's our position situation in terms of who is who is signed on the team uh jeff do you have that in front of you
3: i do so it's very it's again it's a very top heavy group dk is on his rookie contract tyler lockett is in the last year of his contract and then it's a lot of guys on rookie contracts freddie swain john ursula got a futures deal and penny Hart. that is it
1: All right, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. we got that's, we got Metcalf, Lockett, uh Ursula, and, and
3: whoa, Penny Hart, and Freddie Swing. That's they need to add one to two bodies to that group.
0: Yeah. You know, guys, I came into this discussion ready to fight the stance of hey, you know, they don't need oh. to allocate like a ton of money or draft capital here to this group. But looking at this on paper, <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> it's not great.
1: Nathan's some... going to be like, spend all of your money on a wide receiver. Like, all of it. I, I, not
2: really. I mean, <clears throat> I've just been saying this for, uh, it feels like a couple of years now. They just kind of need a professional third wide receiver. Like, a Josh Reynolds or someone. Like, they don't have to go all out on that spot. They yeah. just need somebody that can, like... Play reliably for a 16 game season and, like, just you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, what about like a
0: Marvin Jones?
1: That would be amazing.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot. This position is loaded in free agency. It's a, wait a second, cool. wait a
1: second. This is a super easy one. We're, we're already overthinking it. What is the veteran player that knows has done super questionable character things off the field and that Russell's going to want anyway? Like he wanted Josh Gordon, I mean, he wanted god. Antonio Brown. Who's Stop. the guy that fits? Who's the guy that fits that that mold in wow. this
2: group?
1: Will Fuller? Oh, <laughs> Will Fuller would be freaking
2: amazing. He's with a free agent. Healthy. Uh, it's just Antonio Brown again, right? Yeah,
1: is he, a free agent. Oh god, I be I would have such a hard time cheering for that dude. Yeah, I he's going to off the Tampa.
0: He'll but probably he fits, just re-sign with them, right? It it's like,
1: exactly what if fits exactly what Nathan described, right? Mm-hmm. He's that is exactly what Nathan just described, professional third receiver.
0: Here's the thing, guys. They should not go out and buy like one of the top 3 free agent receivers, but I would not be opposed. I w- actually I would, you know, strongly argue that they probably need to add not just one, but maybe two more of those established veteran type receivers, you know, there's like names, like even like a, like a Curtis Samuel or a Marvin Jones or a Ty Hilton, like even an older AJ green, like for what those guys are going to cost. I think, I think there's value there.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's several old guys. So AJ green, T Y <laughs> Hilton, uh, Marvin Jones, um, Sammy Watkins to some degree. Uh, there's somebody else in this uh, Antonio Brown, um, you know, that one of those guys is probably not going to get what he thinks he's going to get right now, right? Um, I kind of think maybe T.Y. Hilton is the guy that falls through the cracks and all that. And then if Seattle can swoop up somebody like that for five, six million a year or something like that, or down, you know, maybe eight million or something.
0: So there's a name really here that we forgot to add. Golden Tate is likely to get cut.
3: There's rumblings about that.
0: Not just – not. It's like, I think Rumblings maybe is underplaying it a little bit. I think he's almost certain to get cut. Would you guys be in favor of bringing Golden Tate back?
1: hundred percent. If nothing yeah. else, just for the drama of the whole thing. <laughs> you
0: just <laughs> want the <laughs> Bring
3: in Sherman, bring
1: in Golden Tate. Let's
0: get the, the whole crew
1: like, back together. <laughs> hold People think I'm talking about like the rumors about ha- what happened with Russell's wife. I'm not even talking about that, which, it, from what I understand, has been totally proven to be untrue, and Russell's come out against it and all that kind of stuff. Golden Tate, he threw shade Russell's way when he left, like, as a quarterback. He's done it multiple times. That has nothing to do with wives or girlfriends or anything like that. <laughs> Golden... Well, you know, he's a little bit like, you know, Doug in terms of just not always being the, the clear fan of Russell Wilson as a quarterback. Um, So that's an odd fit. Like, I think it's a perfect fit in terms of what the team needs. I think it's like an ideal fit in some ways of what the team needs, but fit like culture wise, that seems like a gamble. There are
2: just a ton of interesting names. On there really team. are. Uh,
1: really?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Sammy Watkins in, in a lot of ways could be pretty ideal for this offense. Um, we've talked about John Ross. Uh, Will Fuller is out there. He's probably gonna get paid. He has injury concerns, but uh, he's another guy that like would kind of be a dream uh, to fall to Seattle. Um, You know, and then interesting, like, athletic types like Chris Conley, Zay Jones, you know, um, neither of them have lit their careers on fire or anything, or they kind of have lit their career on fire in a bad way. There's just, (laughs) you can go all the way down this list. Muhammad Sanu, um, Juju Smith-Schuster, probably going to price out. Nelson Aguilar is kind of an interesting guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's guaranteed to immediately become everyone's least favorite Seahawk when he joins, but, like, he's not a totally bad football player. Uh, He's just... A moron sometimes Dante Wait, Why would
0: he why would he become our least favorite Seahawk?
2: Because he would he would immediately become the next remain curse.
0: He drops a lot of passes.
2: And he just does boneheaded stuff. But he's a good player. He had a great year. Uh, he had
0: a bounce back year last year.
2: He's talented, at least. So yeah, I mean you can just
1: keep going down. I mean, Kenny Galladay, uh he's, Reynolds. Kenny Galladay is gonna be a number one though. That guy's gonna get paid, right?
0: Oh, yeah, and Ron Robinson. No, they're talking like they're yeah. talking like seventeen to nineteen million a year. Yeah, yeah. For And those even guys,
1: like you mentioned, Chris Godwin, that guy's gonna get paid too. Oh, Don't yeah. get, he's twenty-five, and that guy's like it, he's a solid number two receiver.
3: At worst, yeah. At yeah,
1: worst, well, he could easily be a one. Of them, not one yeah, he's really. really I mean, this with all those players. Josh Reynolds, what is he going to get? Like three million a year? No,
0: I think he's going to get closer to ten, probably. What? Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, no, it's a buyer's market. I don't see eight, it eight for wide receivers, dude. For wide, wide receivers. receivers? Wide yeah, receivers the market held it
3: down. I Receiver
0: guys. Receivers make money. I yeah, could market. see eight
1: to.
0: I could that see eight not, to ten for Reynolds. That does not square off with what
1: you guys were saying about the cap. Yeah, if it, I don't see it. The market's see- gonna be depressed, and this position has more talent than almost any other we've talked about. I don't see how that plays out. He's like he's yeah. like the 15th best receiver, like like 10th best receiver on the market. Okay, but yeah, so
2: here's the deal. Hold on. Randall Cobb, 9 million a year. Golden Tate, 9.3 a year. Jamison but, Crowder, nine and a half a year. Robbie Anderson, 10 a year. Right. Uh Adam. Humphrey, we're talking
1: about the cap going down. I'm right? just like but guy-
2: The guy receivers get. Paid and it's stupid a lot of times, really stupid yeah. a lot. Of- I Josh Reynolds sure. is
1: his his ceiling is number three. He is not a number two in any offense. Totally. I just don't see it.
2: Yeah,
3: I think the money's going to go to the guys like Corey Davis is going to get a shitload of money. Juju is going to get a shitload of money, and then there's that next tier of like the Hilton Marvin Jones. I think Hurst Samuel will get a ton of money. I think there's that Marvin Jones tier with AJ Green and Reynolds, and I think they're going to be undervalued. I think they're going to be cheap this time.
1: I so here I started that. At least I don't know if I started, but I definitely was early on the John Ross thing. I think that's a great option. I, I mean, if you came out with John Ross and Kent and Will Fuller, like burn the boats, I mean, that would be freaking amazing. I think those two, like either of those guys, would be great. I'll say it right now, guys if they're not, if they're not bringing AJ Green in for a visit, well, there are no visits, I don't care. If they're not like, <laughs> I like vaccinate that fucker. Bring that guy in for a visit. AJ Green, he's a veteran. He's thirty three. If you can't buy, get him to buy into this team and his role, you telling me an AJ Green, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf does not get you aroused?
0: I knew you were gonna say that.
1: I was gonna say something else, but like you know what I'm saying, like. That's, a, like, that's not just, hey, let's, let's have Josh Reynolds and have like a legit number three. Like that's, that's a difference making. Even at 33, A.J. Green is, is a unique athlete.
0: He might come cheaper than you think. Agreed. I, I, I think there's a lot of, to me, free agency is all about finding value. And A.J. Green is one of those players where I think, it's not right that people look at him this way, but they just look at the reduced production over the past couple of years. And it's mostly injury related. Yeah. He's an older receiver, but are you telling me he couldn't, you know, be a serviceable third option in the Seahawks offense? I think he could be.
1: I see people in the chat, like, yeah, he doesn't get separation. Russell's never like been a separation dependent thrower. Like he's a, he's like a, uh, completion over expected guy that's his thing he makes he makes tight window throws and you've got a guy that that goes up and over defenders like I think AJ Green's like
0: that's has really been dealing he's, with nagging injuries for the past like full two seasons I mean, he hasn't been healthy
1: that's not I mean that
2: that's a red red flag though. <laughs> like,
0: no, it is. And that's why he might <laughs> never, come cheaper. He never plays. Let's go. No. No, but that's why he's yeah, probably yeah, yeah, going yeah. to come cheaper. So you just yeah. hope, obviously, for improved health, but I'm not convinced like he can't be still be a productive player. I just think it was mostly
3: injury related. Yeah. And I think similar to the year they signed Averill and Ben, I think we mentioned all the bodies here. Um this is a position where I think Seattle, if their cap room is a bit limited, I think they're gonna kind of sit back and see who sort of falls through the cracks. And I think that's really the smartest way to approach this. And someone like AJ Green or Marvin Jones or John Ross, I think that's where they're gonna they're gonna get into this market because I don't see them going after a big money guy. They just have to allocate the money elsewhere. So I think there's gonna be a lot of opportunity here and they should be aggressive with that sort of second third tier of guys because they need someone and there's going to be affordable guys and is,
1: was, go go ahead. ahead yeah, yeah, yeah that, go that ahead. was
2: why i i was i'm way more interested in, in being like more aggressive in pursuing gerald everett than reynolds or any given receiver right it, I, I think that they should play a little bit of the waiting game at the receiver spot um they still need to invest there and, and get a legit player but you know green or uh yeah uh, gerald everett's name stands out Way more amongst the tight end names than like really any of the wide receiver names do.
3: Yeah, I want to retract my previous statement. I was absolutely wrong with my Josh Reynolds take like (laughs) few minutes ago. I was horribly wrong. That was a terrible take.
0: Which take was that?
3: That I I tried to play Devil's Advocate versus Everett versus Reynolds. I was terribly wrong.
2: I mean, I, I mean, it'd be great. I'd be if they end up walking away with both of those guys, yeah, I'll be pretty happy.
1: I, I feel like people have a higher opinion in Josh Reynolds than I do. I think that guy, he's, he's David Moore of a different type. Like, I mean, he, he's got, he's got some different talents than David Moore does, but it's not like, Oh my God, Josh Reynolds is this massive upgrade at the th- third wide receiver position. Like Will Fuller is a massive upgrade <laughs> at the third wide receiver position, like massive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would be, the guy that I'm just like I would be disappointed in if the Seahawks resigned is Phil, is is Everett. Like, uh, sorry, not Everett Dorsett. Um,
0: disappointed.
1: I I don't want to see that guy. Like, I, it's probably totally irrational. I'll admit it. But didn't play a snap. What was not people- the greatest receiver even when he was healthy. Like. Move along. Let's bring in someone else. Like there's too many good options out there. If they just rehash a guy that didn't play a snap for you last year. And his best thing is that he's fast, but he hasn't really like ever had a standout season. Like not that interested. Like, you know, uh,
3: I To To me, my, that guy for me is David Moore. I mentioned, I I get it. I mentioned my take on Hollister earlier. I think this is a similar Similar camp. David Moore is sort of an all or nothing player. He makes brilliant plays, but just down down play to play. His detail is just not good enough. They've relied on him as that third receiver for too long. And he's been more of a liability than an asset, I think, if you're evaluating the full picture. And for me, this is a position where you just need to upgrade. If David Moore's your fourth or fifth receiver, sure, that's fine. But if he's your number three receiver, to
1: me, that's a failure.
0: Is he unrestricted or is he an RFA?
1: He's unrestricted. He's unrestricted.
0: He did his deal last year.
1: Let me bring up another name that I, I think is – he could end up having a, a market, but I think is underrated. Kendrick Bourne, uh, 49er, 26 years old, 49 catches last year, 700 yards. Um, I think he's a developing player. To me, he is meaningfully – he's a step above Josh Reynolds for sure. Like, I, I think he Whoa. is – oh, absolutely – I absolutely I I agree with that. I, I think, think I Kendrick Bourne mean. is, I think Kendrick Bourne a better receiver than Josh Reynolds and has more upside. I think Josh Reynolds has the classic receiver body, but I think Bourne has the athleticism. Athleticism, he is more in the in the mold of like Debo Samuel, like the phys- more physical type of receiver. Um, I think he'd be a really interesting add to the team, especially with his age.
3: Hmm. Okay, one thing I'd ask you. Is there a certain type of player that you think complements DK and Tyler better? Like a lot of the guys we mentioned are like the down the field, John Ross, or do you think more of like a golden Tate yards after catch guy is a better fit? Like, should they be focusing on something that fits with they don't really have now or something that fits better with Russell, which is more of a deep ball,
1: You know, I think that there's two, two things that they're lacking. One is like not lacking, but I think they benefit from another, another deep threat would be great. So like, you know, that's where the, the John Ross thing comes in. But I also think like the yards after catch guy that can come in, especially in third downs, you know, good, you know, uh, good route runner, but also maybe physical tackle breaker. That's where a golden Tate or a Kendrick Bourne or those kind of guys are interesting. I think either one of those would be good adds um, to this team. I don't know. Where, where do you guys think on that one?
2: I mean, anytime you can lean into rest of strengths and get someone that's really fast, it's great. But I, I think this team needs a more polished route runner um, to kind of complement um, Tyler and DK, especially DK there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely am like less interested. I mean, I'm interested in AJ Green, but. I don't think he's like the cleanest fit. Um, obviously the upside is mm-hmm. bigger there. But uh yeah, I'm much more interested in finding uh, you know, another Doug or something like that.
0: Can I ask a batshit insane question?
1: Yes, of course. That's what you're expected to do. <laughs> uh
0: one player that is speculated about being traded this this offseason receiver position is OBJ.
1: Ugh I don't
0: want another is there any chance or any reason they should swing for the fences? Because it would be a reasonable contract contract to take on
2: how, I mean, what would he be?
0: He would cost in, in 2021, he would cost 14.5, but in 22 and 23, it would go down to 13. That's probably
2: still too
1: much for me. I think it's crazy.
0: And and look at, look at, uh, look at
1: McVay's offense that Waldron is probably going to bring in at least a chunk of Robert Woods, Cooper cup, like perfect fits. I think you could say t- Tyler Lockett's a good fit for that offense. DK Metcalf. Actually, it's not clear <laughs> how he fits in that offense. Other than he's just amazing. and he'll, They'll figure out a way to fit. Like the type of guy that they need is not necessarily an OBJ. I just say, I think going overboard and receiver would be a mistake.
2: I mean, I don't know. I don't agree there. I, I think OBJ is like, I mean, you can kind of look at him as like Robert Woods on steroids or something like that. Like,
1: I'm not saying he wouldn't be
2: good. Like, of course he would. But I like, think he's a real clean fit. I think he. I think he. He has the speed that accentuates Russ's uh, strengths. He's got route running and he's you know agility. Uh, I, he's he can kind of do everything. And I mean, I know he's people have opinions and stuff, and uh, he hasn't exactly lived up to the hype. But I. I just don't. They don't
1: need to spend fourteen million on a receiver, that's what I'm talking about.
2: and that's that's really that's like, what I'm that's talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so I have to bring it back for a second. You guys were like giving me like side eye for the Kendrick Bourne take. Kendrick Bourne, PFF, uh, out of all receivers last year, ranked number fifty. Okay, so it's not super high, but but reasonable. Um, that was ahead of Robert Woods, by the way. Uh, where do you think Josh Reynolds ranked?
2: Below Robert
1: Woods. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I don't know hundred. Okay. Anyone else?
0: Seventy ish. Yeah, I'd say like
1: sixty eight. Yeah, Seventy eight. So like, I'm telling. Like, I think Kendrick Bourne is like he is a younger, lesser Golden Tate. I'm not saying he is Golden Tate. I I'm, I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm not saying he's that has that upside. He's twenty six. He, he can play physical. I think he's a really interesting fit for what the, the Ram-style offense looks like. Uh, I think he's probably going to get more money than the CX are willing to pay him. But I think, th- I think that guy's underrated. I, I think I, I wouldn't sleep on him as an option. And CX know him well. Yeah, to
3: add to this, um, one of the main strengths – this is a really weird draft class, but one of the main strengths of the draft is wide receiver. And obviously Seattle's really limited in their picks and they might not want to invest here, but if they want a cost-controlled option as a third receiver, this might be a good year to invest a set, maybe their second-round pick. And just looking back at last year, this is another reason why they fucked up last year and not, adding, not dipping into that receiver class because now they are left with this problem where they're going to have to rely on free agents when they could have really added a good cost-controlled player. And a variety of different types were available.
1: Why the hell isn't John Ursua just the guy? Like, I mean, how how much different would this all be? Like, all of us agree that, that uh, they would benefit from a Doug Baldwin-style slot receiver that can, you know, be a reliable route runner on third down. That's what John Ursua is meant to be, right? He's old as time. Like, the, the guy's like... 75 already but like more than both reynolds and Bourne, right yeah he's super old but he's cheap like you know he, he you could you afford him for like coins you find under the couch cushion so like if if he could if he could like if they could trust him it would be great but he did nothing last year was he injured did i miss that or was they just know. like didn't they release
0: the him briefly
3: he was released back oh, yeah. practice squad all
1: year so, it's just
3: so weird.
2: He was under Penny Hart. Yes, he's a seventh round pick. <laughs> yeah. Who yeah. was overage
1: when they drafted him. It's not that weird. It <laughs> felt like Penny, Penny Hart, really. Like it,
0: it felt like every time we saw him play, he was productive. Even, I know it's preseason, whatever. What do you but mean but every
1: time we saw him play? Yeah, one he would consistently
0: get off. separation. In what In, game? He played like a game, Evan. That was a couple of preseason games. <laughs> You're That's a
1: preseason n- game.
0: Yeah, I'm talking preseason. I'm not talking regular season games, but I'll take what Dude. I can get.
1: <laughs> preseason is like playing against like your dad. Like, it's it, when it's, Russell Wilson it's... won his job. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, it's just weird. It's it's a shame. I think john are, Like, I guess I'm just going off of what Jeff said. It's a shame that the Seahawks haven't locked that position. Up. There's been an opportunity. There've been like two best receiver drafts. Year, few years and the Seahawks has got DK Metcalf so it's not like they've come out empty-handed yeah but they could have done more no doubt about it
0: why aren't we hearing about Tyler Lockett extension talks why aren't we hearing about any extension talks I, I'm not saying I want to be I want to come out of the gate here and be super clear like I, I see all these Tyler Lockett should be traded takes and they're horrible and I hate them with a passion but I also like have a question in the back of my mind as to, like, why are we not hearing them talking about extending him right now? He's entering the last year of his deal.
2: Well, here's the thing, though. They should really look at trading Tyler Lockett. Yeah. yeah. Why Why would you not evaluate that? Like, I, I don't think that you get enough back to actually pull the trigger. But, like, seriously, you wouldn't trade Lockett for a second-round pick?
0: Oh, no, I would. Oh, oh I would. Well then how are you <laughs> I don't think they'll get that. I don't think they'll oh, get sure, anywhere sure, sure. close to that. I I, I, I mean really?
2: okay, well third round pick what, what's your cutoff? Would you do it for a third? No, I wouldn't. Okay. What, what would you do? Round? What would you trade him for, Nathan? I, I think it's second round. I, I think you
0: have to get a second rounder. Wow. <laughs> that just leaves you so lacking at the position.
1: This guy had like a perfect passer rating when Russell targeted him for just, like he does.
0: Where is this trade Tyler Lockett stuff coming from? Well, like, I, I don't understand where it's coming from.
2: You have to make a decision, though. Like, do you want to give him like $14 million a year?
0: It's probably going to be more, but yeah, okay. I agree.
2: I mean, do you want to pay him $14, $15, $16 million dollars a year? Do you want to let him walk for nothing? Do you want to trade him? Like, those are the options. And I'm Do not- you want the cap space? Is the other thing. And I would
0: without- pay him that. I would.
2: Right. Because if you trade him now, what does that open up in terms of cap space? I and mean, what if that allow you to go? Does that allow you to more aggressively pursue an Allen Robinson or? Oh, you know? don't do that.
1: Well, or, you know, I mean, spread it around. Don't you here want. Trade, Here's the thing, guys. don't trade a perfectly good receiver in your system that does everything you kind of need him to do well so that you can free up cap space to spend it on another guy that you don't know if he's going to fit well, that's going to cost more money. And I- I'm not down with The that.
0: problem I have with this, guy is like Russell is in his prime right now, and he's complaining about the talent around him. Are we really going to take like one of his top weapons away from him?
1: Oh, yeah, that'd be fun.
0: Like, the-, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like- so,
1: he would clear 12
3: point- I think five million if you traded him. Do you, but, do, you, do
1: you? go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I think what I think what Evan just said is, if you want to piss off Russ a hundred percent, and Russ already is pretty close to DefCon nine right now, and <laughs> you take away his best friend
1: and his. <laughs> do you have like uh, Canadian DefCons? Like DefCon nine? Yeah, been that's actually pretty low. Like DefCon one is where it gets really bad. But yeah. but. Um. Wait. You don't. You don't agree there?
2: Does it get worse the higher up
1: it goes? No. Yeah. It, it, it gets lo- lower. 1 is the worst. one is. The worst. Okay. That's uh-huh. what I. Okay. But but like. I mean, did you-, did you guys watch War Games? Like, what <sighs> no, heck? we are not eighty years old. Can Come we go on. back? that's <laughs> a quality movie.
0: I want the answer to my question. Is it weird that there haven't been reported extension talks? It is. It, no. i don't It think feels so. weird. It there's feels no, weird. There's
3: none of it going around the whole league. They're all win to see what the
0: cap is. But, yeah. but, but, Jeff, extending Tyler Lockett increases their cap space. No
3: matter that's what. what makes right.
0: Yes, that's what makes no fucking sense to me. It's there's like no, this is a positive cap move.
3: Yeah, yeah. There's just no extension talks on anyone right now. The whole league is kind of waiting around for that.
0: Unless it's a cash flow thing, and the organization is like, we want to retain a certain amount of cash on hand because we're greedy fucks. Whatever, you know. <laughs> then you could do that. But like. It, you got to keep them in the fold. That's all I, I, mean, I
1: do think it's, I, I think it's an interesting question just because the offense scuffled last year. Um, and we've obviously talked about where Russ has some issues. We talked about where shoddy had issues. They're also part of the issue. And we will about the offensive line having issues. Like we've talked about all those things. Receivers also like, didn't necessarily have the greatest end of that season. Like they, DK got pissed off that he was getting the ball more, but he also was not uh, like getting uncovered pretty it, 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 that much either. And Tyler, there were a lot of all 22 clips where I was seeing Tyler getting covered up. So it wasn't like Tyler was just he's the route running perspective, you're expecting to be open more consistently um, than DK, I would think. And so it's a legit question of whether you want to double down on investing in the guy, especially when you got a free agent class where there's a lot of options and your draft capital is like nil and your cap space is tight. I think it's a legit question. If they traded Tyler Lockett, I would be like grimace face, grimace emoji. Like I'd be like, Ugh. I would not be pissed. I would just be like, Oh man, they're going to have to nail the landing on this one. Cause it could really go wrong. I would not be like this. Is a dumbass move.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they do with Tyler that doesn't leave me making the you know grimacing. Like if they pay him a ton of money, right? That's scary. Because because it really know, though his drop off though last year was not the first year. That's two years in a row um, that he just ended the year as not a very dynamic player, um, and so and I I don't know. I don't know how long. His, I don't know what his longevity looks like. I mean, it's it's crazy, but, like, how old was Doug when he retired?
0: 21? <laughs> <31?
1: laughs> Early 30s. I don't know if that's a Maybe good... He was 29, wasn't he? No, I don't think so. Maybe he was. I, I don't either, think... That's I mean, obviously, he retired like, for other reasons, though. Sure, sure, sure. But, like,
2: football careers end much sooner than we think they do, right? And so let's say Tyler makes it to 31 or 32 and you're paying 14, 15 million dollars for the last two or three years of his career.
0: Oh my God, he was 29.
2: I told yeah, yeah. And that's early. Like Doug's Doug's atypical. So he, like he's not what you should expect Tyler to do. But like football careers, it's it's the not for long league. I mean Yeah. And so yeah. You, you're you know if you pay him $15 million a year for four years, you're very possibly paying you know, that much money for the last three, four years of his career.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think you have to make an, a determination here. If you're not going to pay him, you have to trade him because then you're going to uh, get him. a third next yeah. in 2023. Like
1: They cannot do a, an Earl Thomas with him.
3: Yeah, they, they can't. If you're not going to pay him and you know that you've made that determination, trade him now while his value is at his highest. They still got a cheap deal. If you're going to pay him, like Evan said, just extend them
1: a second-round pick, though? Oh, that is, like – guys, I got to say, like, the chances 100. that that's going to – like, it's a second-round pick plus it's the cap space. That's how you'd have to think about it. Yeah, 12 mil. No. I think the chances that you turn a second-round pick plus the cap space into more value than Tyler Lockett's going to add to your team, I think it's less than 50%.
2: What if that's the difference between you getting, like, Corey Lindsley and not
1: – so now you're trading – on. Done. (laughs) Freaking sign me up. Uh, No, no hesitation. If that is that, honestly, is the difference? Like, give me a great offensive line, and the rest will fit. You will figure it out. Like, sign. Give me Kendrick Bourne and Philip Dorset and DK Metcalf. We'll fucking figure it out.
2: And a second round pick and Corey Lindsley and yeah 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 oh yeah.
1: You know, I would agree with that.
2: Who do you want to be paying? You know, top of the market for their position money in the next few years? Is it Tyler Lockett or is it? uh
0: you know Corey this is why
1: i say careful what you wish for russ
0: i mean you gotta <laughs> careful you,
1: what you wish
0: for guys like we talk about paying receivers look who's coming up on an extension in the next one to two years it's dk metcalf oh that, yeah.
3: that's where this gets interesting like i want to pay these guys 35 million combined
0: yeah it and he could even be more dude so
1: give him give him like the freaking football like Oh, man, I'm talking the literal, I'm talking the new. He's gonna want more than football. Make him Brian. the president of the United States, like, I <laughs> he can't whatever know what he, ever he wants. Like, that guy, blank off? check, blank check. Yeah, no doubt about it.
3: Well, I think, I think we should move the conversation to running backs.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, we've been on for an hour.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got to bring it all home, Nathan. Like, well, we'll, well, we'll so. I, We'll go back to receivers. Uh, I think
0: we all agree it's not a super critical position, but it is a really interesting position for them this off season. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell me yeah, it's not interesting. Like their lead running back is leaving most likely leaving. And there's some names behind them that are, that, that, that is interesting. You know, you've got, Rash- so let me just go down the list because I've got it in front of me, Jeff, you have Rashad Penny, um, uh, What's the guy's first name? Uh, Dallas. What's his first name? DJ Dallas. DJ. Don't you have
2: the list in front of you? Not the.
0: (laughs) It's it's just the first letter, not the not Uh. the full name. (laughs) 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 Travis. (laughs) Travis Homer. I'm gonna pronounce it wrong anyway. Travis Homer. Travis Homer, you know, who's solely responsible for all past production over, over 2020. You've got Carlos Hyde, who's a free agent. Chris Carson, who's a free agent. And also Alex Collins, who is a free agent.
1: You guys got to talk because I'm still laughing about that. Yeah, Brian's a, a fucking <laughs> asshole. <when he's> <laughs> I got the list right in front of me. I can't read any of their names, but let me just <laughs> let me just command this this podcast.
0: Uh, there's some free agent names like Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, James Connor, Mike Davis is a free agent, uh, Fournette, Jamal okay, Williams. Hold on,
1: hold on. Stop just listing names. If the Seahawks, in all their wisdom, decide, you know what, we need a we need them. A- lead dog running back and we don't have him on the roster and we're like we're gonna bring it back and they sign a running back to a contract that none of us like more money than any of us like and the name is either aaron jones or chris carson which one would you have less vomititious reactions to Nathan, oh, I'm I'm coming. You know, I'm looking at you, Nathan. Okay,
2: it's it's for me. It's Carson because I think he's going to get less overall. Okay, I mean, and that's really what what it just comes down to is how are you going to minimize the damage?
1: Anyone feel different?
0: Probably not.
1: I mean, I love Chris Carson. I think Aaron Jones brings a little bit more to the table.
0: Is he a better pass catcher? Uh, Yeah.
1: I think so. I, I, think, I think he's a little bit more of a versatile running back as well. I think – and I'm not sure that he has the injury challenges that Chris Carson's
3: had. Yeah, I was going to say, with Carson's durability, give him a huge deal.
0: You know who that I could totally of. see the Seahawks signing? Yeah, James it. Connor. Ugh. Oh, I could that's totally, not a bad call. I could t- I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm, he's 26. I'm, I could totally see it happening and, and it's going to be the whole great angle of he overcame a ton of shit in his life and that means he's a good running back.
1: I think Marlon Mack's another name.
0: Ooh, that's an interesting one.
1: 25.
0: Coming out the ACL, he'll be down in price. Yeah. He's like a lead back type of guy.
2: My only worry with Mac is that they may not look at him that way. They have a they have a size preference, and I don't think he meets it. Right? Isn't he a little bit on the smaller side, like two ten or something like that?
0: I think so. So, how do you guys view Penny? A catastrophic waste of a first round pick. <laughs> well, yeah, that's got to be one of the worst. One of the worst decisions the franchise <laughs> has made, wow. and one of the worst marks in John Schneider's tenure as general manager.
3: I would agree with that. I don't think that's hyperbole. Either.
0: And I have his jersey. <laughs>
1: I mean, what about what about Leonard Fournette? See, that's
2: that, this is kind of the sweet spot for me. I, I, I want to approach this the same way that they approach receiver and basically see who is cheap but you know capable. And so Fournette. Um, I mean, that, that's the only thing is that that list isn't super long actually. Uh, Mark Ingram is pretty interesting. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's just like a. I mean, he's been left for dead. A little bit.
3: Like he got cut a while ago. And there's no no buyers.
2: He he didn't get cut until uh,
1: late in the year, though, right?
3: No, he got cut like once, like the day after the season ended.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I will tell you the guy that like. Sorry, Nathan, I you are going through your list. No, no, the, it's like that, the list is short. Yeah, the guy that I would be really upset if they signed is Mike Davis. Like, really? I like, I like Mike Davis. I you don't, don't think he come know. cheap? I do. I don't care if he comes cheap. He he was our third running back for a reason. Like I, I'm just not interested in that guy.
0: Would like, you rather have Rashad Penny or Mike Davis as your leader?
1: Rashad Penny, no question. hundred 100, 100, 100 times. Rashad Penny has way higher upside. Like I don't want to spend money on Mike Davis. He's coming off a season where he actually like played pretty well. He's going to command the highest salary he's ever going to get as a player. He is not that good. He's just a he's just like a, a
0: he's an a mediocre average, player, an average yeah. running back. He's, he's the runner.
1: Re- yeah, and he's the average one. Like, don't buy high on that guy. Like, ugh. I'd rather it's Carlos Hyde. You know, I'd rather that than than Mike Davis.
0: Jeff, plug your ears. Do you think Todd Gurley could come at a reasonable value?
2: Uh, he was cooked. He, he's he's approaching below NFL like levels. I think. Right? Was I mean, he that
0: bad in Atlanta?
2: I think he put up some numbers a little bit, but I don't think he. I think was.
3: they replaced him at the end of the year with like DJ Dallas level players.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he ended up rushing for almost 700 yards, nine touchdowns, but three and a half yards a carry. Uh, I just don't think he's got the juice in his legs anymore.
0: I feel so bad for him. He went yeah, from fine. like an elite star running back in the NFL to like the dude just can't catch a team.
3: Like, not an arthritic knee.
2: Yeah, it's <sighs> just really dinner
0: yeah, that's, that was the knock-on. The Rams fucked up so badly, extending him like two and a half years early. Yeah. Like, like, good for
3: him. Same production from CJ Anderson, who was making... Yeah.
0: Good for Gurley. Bad for the Rams.
1: Oh, so Gurley, by the way, PFF had him as the 53rd ranked running back.
0: Yeah, that's um, a bad <laughs> wait,
1: let me Wait, let me make sure. That's actually as receiving. That's not what I wanted to do. Hold on. Let me re- reshuffle here um 57.
2: <laughs> so like, worse. He, he's worse. He's a guy that like you should expect him to rapidly decline to like just get and, and he has been rapidly declining and you know if he's above the 70s next year I'll be surprised or below the 70s I so, guess. So
1: we we got to go round robin on this cuz I really need to know. I mean I know our opinions on what we think should happen what, what all of our preferences are. Will the Seahawks re-sign Chris Carson? I want to know that from each one. What is your prediction? Will the Seahawks re-sign Chris Carson? Evan, what's your prediction? No. No. Jeff?
3: No, I get a feeling there's some bad blood there.
1: Nathan? No. Okay.
0: Do you feel differently, Brian?
1: I'm, like, right on the fence, to be honest. Like, I think that there's a lot of signs that they're not going to sign, re-sign him. Like, the Seahawks' typical – approach with those types of situations is they would have re-signed him by now. Yep. Like that usually is how and the and the the verbiage that Pete Carroll be using when he talks about him would be different. So my my, I think the signs are no. If his if his market is depressed enough, like and he comes back to the team, I I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of I kind
2: of do. I mean there he'll have his feelings hurt and he'll he'll go somewhere else just to spite seattle at that point
1: that's that's typically like yeah a lot of for people that don't know i mean it's this weird dynamic i mean i think it's kind of weird but like players they go to their team the team says this is what we'll offer you or we're not interested like go find your market and they find that it's a lot lower for whatever reason players do not like coming back to their team and being like, okay, I'll take what you were thinking you're going to offer. Like they, they just go elsewhere and it's not the Seahawks fault that no one wants to offer more money. Like that's not their problem. Um, But, but yeah, so it it probably is likely he's, he's elsewhere. I think that means they've, they've got to add, I do think that they have to add to the position. I don't think DJ Dallas showed enough. Travis Homer, fuck Travis Homer! Like that guy should not be carrying the ball. Well, um, so I
2: was actually going to ask. So, does does everyone think that they how how will people feel if they don't sign uh, a free agent running back? They add like in the draft another third, fourth, fifth, whatever round, right?
0: I'm okay with Penny as the lead back. Frankly, I'm not excited have- about it. Yeah, if they, have a,
1: if they have a drafted player that is that they feel good about, I'm okay with that. Or even an undrafted player, if there's someone that has some like potential, I'd be fine with going. That you route. guys
0: are going to shit all over me for this, but I would look at bringing back Carlos Hyde. Sure. Yeah. Like for even yeah. what for what he signed for last year, I'd I'd probably do. Frankly.
1: Ugh.
3: No. Yeah, a little much. It's I'd...
0: like, come on, that's a Jason Myers contract. Who gives a fuck?
1: He's like to me. He's like a one to two million dollar player.
0: But like, what's that two million dollar difference? Who the fuck are the Seahawks going to spend it on? Like uh, one, for- one uh, fourth. of uh, Greg
1: Benson Mayo is like a two million dollar player.
0: One fourth of Greg Olson's salary. Like,
1: you always pick the possibility. Like, like, like a lot of guys that are two to five million dollars that end up being really good. Values. Anyway, Jeff, you were trying to say something. I want to hear your thoughts.
3: Oh, I was gonna say I'd be pretty happy with the situation that Nathan presented. That penny's a decent like hedge to have as your sort of insurance policy if Range doesn't fall your way. He's a guy clearly the organization valued and they go into the draft, and really that's where the value is running back. You plug them in while they're fresh legs, you spend on offensive line, and it's been proven over time that even like a fifth round pick or Carson was a seventh round pick you invest in the offensive line i don't care if they sign a veteran running back these guys are all pretty bad and i'd rather them just do that honestly than spend three million to five million on a guy who i don't think is particularly special
1: all right i'm going to throw you guys a curveball number one number one backfield priority not chris carson not aaron jones all these other guys kyle use Sign Kyle Usechek, steal him away from the goddamn 49ers. The guy can block. He helps. He helps pass protection. He is fine as a runner in short yardage, and he's a fantastic receiver. The guy's essentially a tight end. He's a receiver. In some cases, that guy's actually a difference maker on offense. I would spend 5 million on that guy. Even, even 6 million on that guy. Oh gosh.
2: Uh, do you know how many snaps the Rams gave to fullbacks last year? I do not. Zero.
0: Oh, Pete Carroll is in shambles.
2: Pete Carroll hasn't been given a lot of snaps to fullbacks last year or two either. Uh,
3: how different is the Rams and the
1: 49ers offense? Just in terms, I I think it's pretty different actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah actually okay quick
2: quick uh do you guys know how many snaps offensive snaps nick bellor had last year too many just take a stab guess a number
0: 20 no idea 50 30 35
2: yeah
1: yeah nick of- bellor is a great special teamer and uh good for him but yeah i don't know i think use check is is a difference making offensive player I think I think he is. I think he's a difference maker. I, I would. I would find a place for him on the team. Um,
0: you really just want to piss off Niner fans.
1: <laughs> maybe no. I, I, <laughs> that 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 honestly is secondary. I, I would like that, but um, I think the guy. I think the guy has more unique talent and value add than some of these other guys we're talking about. It's definitely more than like a Carlos Hyde. Like fuck that. That guy is just a. He's an every guy.
3: What's good about him, he's really good from like a deception standpoint. And he really helps you hide things in terms of your looks, in terms of run pass looks. And just as we said, like a your run-of-the-mill running back, it's more of a product of your offensive line. At least use check at least can really add some unique value in terms of you can use him in a lot of different looks. And he doesn't dictate anything what you're doing. And he can be, he's really good in play action. He's been really good at lead blocking. So I do agree with Brian that yeah, adds some unique value, but six million would be way,
1: way too much. Hmm. All right, I know we're, I know we're past time here. Um, uh, I got to say, like, running back position is going to be an interesting one. I, I don't, I don't think any of us particularly trust the team with how they handle this position, uh, the the draft capital they've spent on it, the the cap capital they've spent on it. I'll also just say human side. I hope Chris Carson gets like a boatload of cash. That guy puts his body on the line. He plays with tons of heart, he keeps, you know, protects the team. He made like 600,000 bucks last year. Like that guy deserves to get paid. He, he really does. So I hope he does, whether it's not with Seattle or not, you know, that's fine. Of all the positions and we talked about today, I think, and, and all the players we've talked about today, wide receivers is the one that gets me most excited. Like, even if you got Gerald Everett, like, I think that's an interesting add for sure. I don't know that that's like, okay, now they're looking like they're in a contention. Like they're going to really change the offense. I think if you got Corey Lindsley and you got a receiver that you're excited, like Corey Lindsley and Will Fuller, as two names. that you had with jake you had to trade off somewhere else i'd be down with that i think those are the two positions on offense that i would want them to invest in offensive line and wide receiver are the two positions free agent wise i want them to invest in and i'm curious as we're wrapping up here where you guys are on that and and uh jeff let's start with you
3: uh yeah does that include does that include offensive line
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of summarize on the offensive side, top two position groups that you'd want them to to go after.
3: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the the, the names and the depth of wide receiver is by far the most exciting. When we read that tight end list, it got really bad, really fast. So obviously it's important that they do add there, but I think just from a quality standpoint, this is sort of like the pass rushing market last year where they can really, there's a lot of different names and a lot of different ways they can go. And they try to get too cute and, Fuck it up like they did the pass rushing last year, I think I'll be most disappointed, more so than if they don't sign Gerald Everett. So I think it's really important they handle this well and not only add depth, but add some quality because we've seen what happens with Tyler Lockett and what happens in the passing game.
1: Uh I, I want to ask you guys to have hear you other guys, but someone in the chat just said something I totally forgot about and I, I completely agree with. Do not sign Carlos Hyde with those guys. Alex Collins to me is just as good as, as Carlos Hyde. Resign him, like, just bring him back. That's totally fine by me.
2: So, uh, are you gonna be? Are you happy if the running back room though is Penny, Dallas, and Alex Collins next year? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm mostly the same. Um, I, you know, uh, I, I definitely get. I mean, receivers are just one of the more exciting position groups, right? And so, and, and the names there are the probably maybe the best of all free agency um so that's that's the sexy spot obviously but like i don't feel like this offense needs to like change completely or like it sucked ass at the end of the year but it was incredibly good at the beginning of the year right and so this isn't something where they have to like they're desperate to you know get an influx of talent or change things or whatever like for me i mean it's about um i think offensive line is where you kind of want to prioritize and you can see if you can build you know an elite unit there i, I think that they have some interesting pieces there that could get could make for a really strong group and so lindsley is someone that's really interesting um but the rest of it for me it's just being able to like ride out you know uh, a hopefully what a 21 game season or however many 20 20 game season whatever it is uh uh, you know, and, and so depth is really important. and, um, you know, the Gerald Everetts and the Josh Reynolds and the John Rosses and that that stuff to me is you know, filling it out and um, you know, being all right out if if Lockett has a rough stretch or you know, if Disley doesn't come back and isn't amazing or there's an injury right that you're not just falling off a cliff and suddenly you have a black hole tied in, that's my big thing with this, the skill position group.
0: Evan. I completely forgot the question. <laughs> what, what was the question? What do you What are you
1: drinking tonight, Evan?
0: Uh, vodka and peach juice. Very classy. Oh Jesus, dude. Yeah. What's up?
1: God, that was just vomit. Uh, so so uh, out of on offense, your top like you can only you can only meaningfully affect two position groups, and, and like two positions. I said. Give me Corey Lindsley and, and a receiver. Like, yeah. I, I, and where are you? Like, can
0: I double down on offensive line? Yeah. Can I say want. two for offensive line? Like, yeah, I think there's real depth and you know, injury concerns around, you know, the high-level talent at receiver. And obviously, tight end needs needs somebody added there, but offensive line is is the place where I would like to see them spend big and spend on multiple players um if you give russ the best offensive line of his career and you know you fail to add any significant sort of skill players i think that offense is going to be better if you know in the against the inverse situation basically so i, I think uh, o-line is where they should really double down on
1: okay so you go got two offensive line even that means you're bargain shopping on wide receiver and yep.
0: okay. it does okay
1: I, I like it. I mean, I, I, I don't know how that all plays out, but it, I, I agree with you. I, I would. I you think that's such
3: You saw last year with Cleveland, they had an offensive line going into the last year that was worse than Seattle. They spent a top 10 pick on a left tackle, and they spent big on Jack Conklin, a right tackle. They had one of the best coaches in the league there, but they went from being one of the worst offensive lines just from that personnel upgrade to a top
0: five unit. Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to. I won't go too far into this, but I just want to ask you a question, Byron. Like, would you rather have what, like, a top left guard, um, uh, uh, what's sure the name? For... or whatever the heck his name is, and Corey Lindsley, or would you ha- rather have one of them and like an equivalent salary receiver?
1: Um, It's tough. I mean, I think, I think I would stick with what I said before. If you can, like, to me, it's Lindsley is, it's not Lindsley. And then there's another offensive line that's close. I think Lindsley is the blue chip. I think there's some like red chip guards, but I think if you can go blue chip on offensive line and you can go red chip on receiver, I think that that, I think that'll have a bigger impact on the offense overall. Mm -hmm. So Especially because I think you could actually double dip on receiver if you spent that money. I think I think you can, I think you can materially affect the team with, you know, a Will Fuller and John Ross, you know, addition or something like that for 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 probably the same price that you could spend on a
0: top flight guard.
1: Um, okay, so, so
0: do, are you feeling semi comfortable with the left guard position, or?
1: I I am like I, I feel like I also. The other thing is I also feel like there's potentially some options in the draft um, at the offensive line spot that, that could be interesting. So,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, would I be upset if they went too deep on offensive line? No, (laughs) I would, I would not be like, I would not be upset at all, but this, this wide receiver group, free agent wise feels a little bit to me like the defensive back position in 2017 draft And I'm like, get a couple out of there. Like, this is a chance for the Seahawks to potentially, especially with this cap year and a great quarterback, they should have an advantage. Um, Just don't don't run it back with Philip Dorsett for fuck's sake. Like, like, dream bigger than that. Um, But yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, So. We're done with offense. We've caught, talked through the offense. I think we'll probably come back to this at some point where we're going to turn our attention to defense. What are the next position groups we're going to talk about, Jeff? Have you figured that out yet?
3: I think we're going to move to the front seven defensive line and linebacker.
1: Okay. Okay. This is, these are going to be interesting conversations because I think defensive line is always fascinating. Uh, we talked about it a lot last season. Um, and eventually we'll get to cornerback, which is also a really corner
0: is going to be the interesting one. Super yeah, I, interesting. I'm excited about that one.
1: And, and I think it's it's good. Like linebacker, also there's some interesting decisions to make there. So we, we'll have that. I think it'll probably be a couple of weeks. I think we'll take two weeks between you know this show and, and our next to to talk through uh, the next position groups. Um, but in the meantime, if you haven't already joined up at Patreon.com/slash/HawkBlogger, uh, we'll keep keep the conversation going in our Slack channel. And get immediate access there. Uh, We're building our, our, our donation pool for, for what we'll be able to give Ben's fund this year. So uh, now's the time to join because I am hoping, you know, like I said, last time, I haven't talked to Tracy about this yet and I don't know where they are, but um, I'm hoping they're going to do their, their auction again. And if so, I'll be buying stuff, you know, access to talk to Seahawks players for patrons. So uh, I'll post in the Patreon uh, slack and, in, and, Patreon uh, that option. Um, as we said last time, uh, I, I totally harassed Nathan with calls from Tedrick Thompson. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Super nice guy. Super nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You can actually, as part of your patron request, request that I have other players call Nathan. Uh, that's totally fine.
0: Who's your most annoying Seahawk right now, Nathan?
1: <laughs> be careful. Nope,
0: nope, 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 nope. Get, a, get Jason Myers to call Do not him. do, that. I, do loo- that. I would lose my do, shit do not do Jason that. Jason Myers do called not
2: do him. That. Nope, nope, nope.
3: nope. <laughs>
1: Travis, Travis. Yeah, get tra- <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, oh, this is going to be fun. So this is why you guys got to join. It's a good group, patreon.com slash blogger. Join there. If you haven't already, click subscribe. Click the like button. We got like 38 likes on this episode. Come on, folks. You can do better than that. Uh, Let's get this up. We're always over 100 on on likes. That helps uh, more people discover the show, grows the community. Um, Please, please go ahead and do that. And, uh, uh, you know, subscribe on Spotify, you know, Apple, all that that good stuff. Whatever Apple does. I can't remember what they do. Uh, In the meantime everyone have a wonderful night. Um, take care of yourself, stay safe, uh, get in line for the vaccinations. If you haven't already get them, they're coming and, uh, hopefully better days are ahead, uh, for the Seahawks and for everything else. Uh, and until then, until our next show, uh, go Hawks.